0: podcast episode 149 dexter henry brian fonseca still doing the podcast thing like we normally do socially distancing and i have a good friend of mine joining me in the podcast it's been a while since she's been on the podcast um jocena anderson long time veteran nfl reporter best one of the best in the business can't get better than her joe what's up how you doing
1: how are you appreciate you having me
0: of course of course glad to have you um how have things been? We're just always asking everybody how they're doing through this time in the pandemic, quarantining, and everything. How's that been going for you?
1: I'm good, uh, COVID-free. Got my celery juice right here, so <laughs> trying Look. to keep the system clean. You know, keep it popping the elderberry, so keep the uh, COVID cooties away for sure.
0: <laughs> That's, That's right. Can't can't be having that. Joe Joe put me on the elderberry last year, and elderberry, good stuff. Now the what celery juice elderberry is uh like a flower right so it's a flower or a plant you should say Joe That's
1: I don't know I don't think it's a plant I mean excuse me I don't think it's a flower I believe it's a some plant herb whatever the bottom line is it turns out purple you put it in your body and it's one of the stronger you know uh, antivirals you can use and the celery juice will help keep your small and your large intestine clean and also flush out viral waste in your body too so Uh, COVID free ain't had no issues. Uh, you know, Adrian Peterson just gave me love for, uh, saving his life from, uh, COVID when he got it and knocked it out in three days because of the elderberry mix. So what can you do?
0: What can you do? You know, it works. I've, I've, I've been using it a little bit. Um, and it's been good for my immune system. So staying healthy, staying well, uh, Brian, how you doing, man? You good? Yeah,
2: surviving. Uh I mean, you know the things I'm working on that I can't really speak about yet, but just know that that I think I think we're getting closer to that uh being announced at some point. So hopefully hopefully it's out in twenty twenty one and then people could enjoy it and then you know, kind of what this podcast will be about is just seeing people in a new light when they go out and take chances and do certain projects.
0: Good, that's a good that's a good segue because we're going to talk to jo- uh, Josina about that. Josina knows a lot about that uh right now. Um Joe, as we know a lot of people know you have moved on from ESPN. You've moved into a new chapter that I know you and I have spoken about a lot and you are very excited about. You have a new show/podcast slash um which I've got to see a lot of behind the scenes work of yes, undefined with <laughs> Josina Anderson. Um, and it's a new thing. And one thing, you know, I've talked to you about this, Brian, and I talk about this a lot in the podcast. We love, um, especially when people that look like us, uh, put the, the time and resources into their own to create their own thing. And that's what you've done here. Uh, talk to us a little bit about what is, for people who don't know, what is Undefined with Josina Anderson? What is it all about? Tell the people what it's about.
1: Well, it's my new digital platform show, which is centralized on undefined with Josina uh, there's also the podcast version, which stretches out to Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher. Um, and essentially why the show is called Undefined is because um, on the one level, it um, encapsulates where I am in my career as far as the transition going from ESPN to entrepreneur and owning my own content and not being defined by my past and um, and how I'm moving forward. Um, also, obviously, most people know me now as the NFL Insider. And so my show is uh, intended to go beyond the topics that I'm typically known for. So um, we've had on an actor, you might see a basketball player, you might see a musician, you might see a ballerina, you might see, you know, a reverend. So we're talking to every and all, and even what those specific people are known for, they don't necessarily have to come on and talk about what they're known for. So undefined in a title really encapsulates a large, broad, you know, base of things. And lastly, like what I said in my launch video when it uh, came out is that, um, you know, for anyone who's working in any industry, whether it be you, Dexter, whether it be you, your co-host, whoever, whether it be anyone in any industry, none of us should be defined by what we're currently doing or who we're currently, you know, being paid by or whether we're not being paid. We can all extend um, beyond the current borders of our current circumstance.
0: Yeah, and, and you you absolutely um, have done that with the show. And I And I've talked to you a lot about what that is, but I will say this. More than that,
1: you have Mm -hmm. to tell people actually give you credit. Dexter has been very instrumental in in helping me uh, (laughs) learn Final Cut Pro overnight (laughs) and uh, (laughs) sharing my screen. And when everything is messed up, he's, you know, 3am, you know, jumping into my computer, you know, making it go and, you know, telling me my lights in the wrong place and figuring this out. So, uh, he's one of the uh, people who have integrally helped me. And matter of fact, we'll be doing that a little bit because I messed up again on something. <laughs> <laughs> Interview with Aaron Gordon, so my my coloring is all over the place. So we're gonna do a quick quick snap snap on that to fix that afterwards. So I'll see, you know, just getting me from going to NFL Insider to uh, you know Dummies one hundred and one when when it comes to a Final Cut Pro <laughs> and the <a> camera. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, well, you're, hey,
0: you're, you're learning, and people should know Joe has a great background. Just doing stuff like I did, one man band journalism, and a lot of producing too. So you've been doing that, but Joe, doing this right, Brian and I talk about this a lot too, which is taking that jump, that leap, of, leap of faith. It's it's not always the easiest thing to do to say, hey, I'm going to do this and step out on my own. Um, what was that like? For you to get to that place where you said, okay, this is the time, and now is the time where I want to do this and step out on my own, and Create my own content and put this out to the world?
1: Well, a couple of things. Trust me, I always be, I always rather take in checks, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, in secure checks. Um, but there was literally no way um, that I could have done another job and launched this at the same time. It just like the amount of hours that I'm putting in, even over these, you know, six weeks to get to this point, And then over the last three weeks, like I couldn't be doing it. So I'm having to, sacrifice in that way just to get this off the ground and then I can put myself back in the working field in terms of maybe trying to do this and that once I'm into a rhythm with this. But I just I couldn't do there was no way. And I don't think that I could enter the space that I was in not working from ESPN, having the unique time created by the pandemic and then look back twelve months from now, 18 months from now and say, Man, I had a unique amount of time to do something and I didn't do it. It's very hard when you have a a full gig to, you know, fully do something of this scale, which is, you know, creating my own studio, starting my own business, I mean, and all these other things and teaching myself something that I wasn't doing because I was just sitting on, you know, ESPN's couch and spitting off NFL stuff. So I had to give myself that time to learn (laughs) um, as well. And, um, you know, I I would just say that, um, you know, I, you know, obviously being in this position now and not being in the space that I was before has clearly created this opportunity. But, you know, the idea is to try to, you know, create this into, you know, something more successful. But we're just at episode three um, and we're going from there.
2: Yeah, so... I like what, when did the light bulb sort of go off? Cause I feel like creatively that just sort of happens, right? Like Dexter at some point wanted to create the sports walk. So he did that at some point, kind of for similar reasons, I made a web series to show, like, yo, I'm not just a sports reporter. I'm not just like what you think I am. When I went through this stretch where I was covering the Brooklyn Nets for three years, and then a whole bunch of people just follow me for Nets news, and honestly, Josina, that shit got annoying because it's like I don't even care about this team that much. Like, I'm I, I'm so much more than that. So, started a web series, interviewed people. Dexter was on it, talking about like just you know managing through this industry, having to freelance, and all that kind of stuff. So, one of the light bulbs sort of go off for you creatively when it was. Like, yo, I want to show people that Josina Anderson is not just a really good NFL reporter. I want to show people that I can do basically, you know, all of this other stuff too and have various interests and various different backgrounds and such.
1: Um, that light went went off when I graduated college. <clears throat> I've pretty much been uh held back in what I can do for the entirety of my career. So mm. um, you know, going back to you know, even when I was, you know, at Fox, you know, I was number three. I I could have been doing, you know, more than that. And I had the ability to do that. At ESPN, I ascended to being, you know, the first female NFL insider. But um, you know, I, I feel I feel like I could have been hosting. I know that um I was an NBA insider before I was an NFL insider. Um, I I know that I can talk multiple things. I have a passion in and fashion, I can sit down there and have a credible conversation with, with you in politics, because in general, I'm just a news junkie. So you come to my house, you, you're going to pretty much see ESPN on and CNN on I and mean, watch, I mean, and Netflix. So, you know, just the other day, we had the majority whip, James E. Clyburn on my show, and the guy running for Georgia Senate, um, John Ossoff, and we're having a credible conversation, you know, with those two. We want to talk about dance, We want to talk about music. I just interviewed Aaron Borden today. We were talking about music. So all of us, we all have multiple things <laughs> that we can talk about. and um, I don't I, w- I have never been a part of a show where I can showcase the full wingspan of what it is that I can do. So the best way to do that, if someone else is not going to greenlight you, which rarely happens in this industry, is to create it, you know, for yourself. And put those resources into making it you know successful or and or teaming up with people who know way more than you you know to either enhance you or to get you to where you need to be as far as know-how
0: joe why do you think that is in terms of the industry you know you and i have worked in broadcasting for a while reporting on camera why do you think it is that people maybe don't give you the opportunities to showcase as much of your skills as you could it seems a lot of times especially in what we have done on-camera reporting, you kind of get boxed in, right, as this one thing. And and why do you think that is in the industry that...
1: Everyone's always trying to define you. That's why the whole show is called Undefined. Literally, when you walk into a station anywhere, they say, Dexter is this, Fonseca is this, you know what I'm saying? And then yeah. this is what you do. And then yeah. you kind of stay there until somebody else you know, moves up or there's different management. The same thing that applies in our industry, the same thing applies in corporate America, you know, as far as, um, you know, what you end up doing has a lot to do with who is your boss, you know, who are the managers, Um, you know, how you came in, what salary level you started at, Um, you know, who you're competing against in terms of who else is working at your job, you know, currently and who their agent is, politics, nepotism, racism, sexism, all those things come into play To potentially stifle you. And it's not representative, or excuse me, it's not, it doesn't represent what it is that necessarily you can do at any given time. So the only way to break that free is to set yourself free, literally, you know, and figure out what your voice is because in in addition to your skill set being held back, your voice is held back. And it also, and in that sense, you can also be holding your money back. So you have to kind of take a sacrifice now. A little bit to formulate that and then get to where it is and it doesn't mean that I'll never work for anybody else again of course you know somebody wants to pay me great I'm just trying to set a nest egg aside in terms of creating something for me that nobody can take away ever
2: yeah and this is something that we talk about on this podcast all the time Uh, Dexter actually helped I guess point me in that direction like when I was because we worked together at St. Francis College And when I was fresh out of college, he kind of put that in my ear, like, yeah, like, try to do things that you ultimately own. That's something that nobody could take away from you. I wanted to ask you about this, Jocena, because this is something that you said uh, to introduce your first episode, where you said, you are not who pays you. And I feel like a lot of people don't really understand that fully in media. uh, Why do you think that is that a lot of people feel like they are wherever they work? They feel like that identifies them.
1: Well, especially when you work at ESPN, you know, people always want to say, uh, Josina Anderson, ESPN, or they introduce you by your title. They introduce you by who you work for. And I think one of the coolest things that's going on right now, not that I didn't expect this, is that when other entities are writing about news that I break, they just say Josina Anderson. Mm, Yeah, there's power in that. It doesn't, it just says Josina Anderson. Obviously that's, repre- it represents how long I've been in the business and my name people know that's associated with what I've been breaking. So, you know, clearly that that's a big part of it. Um, But that's, that's the whole point. <laughs> like literally that is the whole point. It shouldn't be, you know, Dexter Weather Channel or Fonseca this, you know, it's Dexter Henry. <laughs> Period. <laughs> that's yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's Josina Anderson. It's Brian Fonseca, right?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? It it you it, that's your name and that should precede you. That's how it should be. And you know, your friends shouldn't introduce you. Oh, let me let me introduce you to my friend. That's your what's your weather channel?
0: AccuWeather, you weather, not weather channel, but yeah. yeah Don't yeah, give them any free plug. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Competitors.
1: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But but, yeah. but that's what I'm saying. So, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: No, no, no. I th- I think that is absolutely a great point. And I was going to add, I'm glad Brian brought that up because Joe, through this time, people should know, you still have been breaking news. Like you said, you still have very tight connections in the world of the NFL with players. I've, I've literally witnessed it <laughs> recently. I've seen you still have those connections and the players that you've had such a good connection with, because I've been around you um, when you were working for the last person you were working for. And even now, you still have great relationships with these players and they want to come on your show. They want to still talk to, talk to you. How much do you value... Well
1: let's, well, let's clear a couple things up. Yeah, you know, I was breaking national news before I came to ESPN. That is true. I, I came to ESPN already breaking national news. So, you know, um, I, I didn't develop this. Obviously, it expanded. And, you know, obviously, I have the benefit, you know, for being on ESPN's platform. But I was breaking major national news before I got there um and it, there's a reason why on Twitter my name is, was never Josina Anderson ESPN because I made a very obvious, you know very conscious decision that I never want to have to change my Twitter handle or my Instagram handle or any handle based on where I am and so you've been seeing me for 10 years as Josina Anderson and I, I didn't have to go back in no settings no profile and edit nothing it was the same when I came in and it was the same when I'm leaving
0: a lot of people have to do that when they leave a job. They got to change that Twitter handle. And that's I That's not
1: find your Twitter handle with who you work for. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And because, yep. because then you have to go through that whole thing. I mean, it's and look, I'm not judging people on Instagram who put their pictures up of their personal life. But that's another reason why I don't do that. Because as life changes, I don't want really to have to be going and editing, modifying my Instagram. My, and this reminded me of this, like, my, everything is you know clean in that sense obviously I do have pictures of where I work for but I mean that stands from the standpoint of you know from a resume standpoint and, and whatever else but but when it comes to my name association my name stands by itself
0: has it has it meant something to you um before about the players you know just still having that connection with you oh, they're great. And, and still they're being great. able to be in that space yeah
1: I mean, I was just literally on with Josh Norman before we came on here, mm. and I was trying to call his number, and I got these numbers for, and I, I thought I had the wrong number, which is why I reached out, you know, to the team, and you know they were going to help me with that, um, but then he just called me back off his own number. He was like, "John, what's going on?" And he, <laughs> he just thought I was just calling him random. I'm like, "Yo, I'm trying to get you on my show." He was like, "Oh, you doing the same thing?" Like, yeah, 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 we are doing it. So that was it. He was like, You know, I'll be doing this. And I was just like, Yeah, but he was like, I'm going to get you. And then he was asking me about the show and, you know, actually, you know, maybe talk about some other things with regards to it. Actually, I don't want to, I just caught myself. I don't want to talk too much about it. Oh, we it.
0: almost got an exclusive.
1: But uh, <laughs> he was asking me about the show. And, you know, that was a positive conversation. And I, I just appreciate that. You know, people appreciate the space that I'm in, and and one of the things that people are like, oh, that must be so awkward. that as as it doesn't work for ESPN, and she got to go da 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 da. But the, if you actually think about it, it actually is helping me because people, coaches, you know, people in our industry, everyone can identify with transition, not being in a job, changing jobs. Those players, they understand that. So I got a call, and 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 they know what time it is. <laughs> they know, uh, and you know, I'm I have no problem saying this, but this is how I feel because I feel like I've earned it, but. I'm the best female in the country at what I do over 32 teams. They know it. They see me in these locker rooms. And so when they see me not doing what I'm doing, it already registers with them. I don't have to yeah. explain nothing. They've been seeing me in these locker rooms and they're like, yeah, let me come on your show. You see what I'm saying? You know, because they get it already. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It wasn't like I had. That's, I keep saying you don't say so much. Sorry. I died. Catches me for that. I have the same um, problem. I, I I do that all the time. <laughs> I'm getting ready to say it now. I'm trying not to say it, but <laughs> they they get it. I don't have to do a lot of explaining, and I appreciate their support. And even um you know, with Aaron Gordon today, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> there I go. He's you a younger athlete, and you know he has seen me on other platforms, and he was showing love. So I I really um, appreciate that. But I do find it funny that people in articles or people will say on Twitter like that's so good. You're still breaking news. I'm like, (laughs) yeah. Like, Why wouldn't I be? Why wouldn't I be? You know what I'm saying? Like why that? It actually shows me more about their mindset in terms of how much they feel like the platform lends to what it is that they do or what it is that, you know, anybody does or people say, so what network are you with now? That's the first thing. So what network? Like, course. you have to be with the network. Of so, course. somebody owns Fox, somebody owns CBS, somebody yeah. owns ABC, Netflix, Martha Stewart doing her own thing, Charlemagne the God, Naomi Campbell, Bill Simmons. You go on and on and on and on. You know what my network is? My network. <laughs>
2: yeah. Dex, you know me. You know I love everything about this. You know, this is you what yourself. we're all about up here. Uh, Justina, I wanted to ask like, what has this done for just, I guess, your your mental space? Because you're taking on this project. Uh you know, during everything that's going on obviously and it's you have tough. some I'm you not
1: ha- high to your viewers out there. It's tough yeah. to come in survival mode every day. Like it's yeah. you know, certain things have to work. Um, you know, but I've had, you know, a, a network reach out to me already, you know, within the last five days and they were setting me, um, you know, a um a meeting to talk about, you know, putting my show on their platform. We'll see how that goes. I'm not gonna just jump to the you know, first thing or whatever, if it works, cool. We'll see. Um, I've had, you know, some other, another person that I have a meeting with on Friday that wants to talk about maybe collaborating and creating some content, um, you know, some other, you know, in potential investor meetings, but these are all preliminary, you know, we'll see how it goes. And nothing is a guarantee, um, you know, if ESPN or any other network wants to, you know, come back and properly pay me in the figure zone that I deserve to be, and I could be right back there tomorrow. So, you know, I mean, (laughs) but here's the thing, but I'm glad to see that they're, uh, they're allowing people to have, you know, podcasts now and other things, because when I was there, there there's certain things that I was not allowed to do, but the windows have opened since, you know, George Floyd and, um, and there's certain paths that have been created now, you know, that myself, Carrie and Jamel are not there. And I hope that, you know, that is appreciated because, you know, there have been some hard fought conversations that have happened behind the scenes, but, you know, that's all right. We all, you know, you know, create paths, you know, for other people and it doesn't, you know, stop this path over here. And, you know, we just have a positive energy trying to feed into, you know, your show, Dex to feed into me. And I firmly believe that that energy, you know, comes back around and harvests on itself.
0: You talked about creating paths, Joe. Um, do you feel like, especially, I want to say, this? I think you've been inspiring for a lot of young Black women, um, even some that I know in, in sports journalism. Do you feel like these young Black women are people of, it could be of any background, seeing you do what you're doing now is sort of creating a new path, right? Showing that you can come from one place that has a very large platform and now do, do your, your own thing. Have you thought about what impact that been. leaves on the younger generation?
1: It's not even that. I'm just trying to uh, reconcile why it is that you know my timing, you know, you know, in my transition happened at this time. Um, you know, when I left ESPN, um, well, actually, I just contrary to the New York Post article, I was with, with them all the way through August. Um, but I made the decision to still not be on air because it's just kind of like, you know what I'm saying? Some people, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like Carrie, she decided to keep going on air. I decided not to, you know, I'm just like, look, let me just focus on what I'm doing, you know, whatever that, you know, to each his own. Um, but yeah, in terms of my transition and knowing that I was moving on trying to reconcile, you know, why did that happen? um, you know, before the George Floyd thing, because look at how many things changed two to three weeks after that came out. And who knows two or three weeks later if I would have still, you know, been there. But what it let me know is that, and I'm going to get a little spiritual on you guys, it let me know that God wanted me off the ship at that time for some reason. And I had to think to myself, why is that? And part of even thinking about that was, do you, 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 I, do you want people to see me go through this?
0: Mm. that's that's something that you really want, think about.
1: and 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 i and and the more the longer it went, the more I was like, yeah you i I could tell I could feel it mm. <laughs> I could feel that you want people to see me going through this um because mm. so many people have seen me on t v, and um you know the and, and then i you know, I was so hoping for certain things to happen even before I launched my show in terms of you know certain things I was trying to have happen. And that didn't happen, and and then I said, okay. So you you really want people to see me not just go through this, but you want people to see me go through this arc. Like you <sighs> want people to see me go through this arc. So, um, you know, that's how I've been reconciling it, you know, with myself. And 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 people are going through it with me. You know, my friends, my family, Dex therapy. You know, <laughs> you know, <what> I'm <laughs> up at four a.m. trying to figure stuff out you know, my parents, you know, the ups and downs, you know, James Brown, you know, the broadcaster from Fox and his wife on the phone praying with me, Tony Dungy, you know, doing his, you know, Bible studies, you know, friends, Bakari Sellers, I mean, all all over the country, you know what I'm saying? People, (laughs) you know, that have chipped in, you know, even the guy who helped me rig the studio that I'm in right now. I mean, he did this whole thing for me over FaceTime and has asked Mm. for a dime. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That's just love, you know, people just, uh, feel that energy of like, okay, I get it, and want to seed into that. So, um yeah, I, I I do think it will hopefully, and hopefully the art continues to swing up, be powerful for people to see someone like myself on TV. And you know, I didn't get it by being cute. You know, I was there because I earned it, and that's and that's real, okay. And you know, I wasn't failing forward, or you know, I wasn't there because you know, you know, whatever. Y'all know I was there. And now you see me not on there and and you see certain things as, you know, as a result, what's there, what's not there. Everybody can open their eyes and see. So now having had that and, um, you know, going through this transition and, you know, kind of finding your way through that and hopefully, you know, building something, you know, that you can monetize to the scale of Bill Simmons, Martha Stewart, Oprah, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. I mean, just imagine what a, a powerful image that can, you know, that can be if you if you can if you can get there. But I tell you, you know, there are days where I'm just like when I'm editing this or I'm, you know, I'm, you know, trying to put my financial picture together. I'm like, why am I doing this? Again? Yo, yo, no, but <laughs> it's, 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 it's tough. It's tough. You
0: know? That's real. The Sports Walk is back. Watch Season 3 of Backpack Broadcasting's original web series that brings you the opinions of real sports fans. The first two seasons and current season are available now for viewing on the Sports Walk YouTube channel and Facebook page. Check out the 2017 NYC WebFest official selection and see what other sports fans have to say on the hottest issues in sports today. It's easy. Just take the Sports Walk.
2: That's real. Like, you know, Dexter and Dexter and I have conversations like because we've been doing this podcast for just a hair over three years now. And we're about to touch our 150th episode. And, you know, now we've got some things that are coming our way that are starting to look a little more like, you know, we'll talk about that when we get there uh, down the line. But like, yeah, I think what people don't really understand creatively when you're going about these projects, it's it's a long ass road. Yeah. And it there's a lot of just like steps That's that you've talked working. about, like, yeah, just growing okay. pains yeah. and stuff. Yeah. yeah
1: trying to figure out what your audience is, what they like, the technical aspect. And then you really have to just, you know, take a step back and enjoy the small stuff. I mean, like even t- today, you know, being able to get my cameras in that I upgraded, even though I still mess it up, you know what I'm saying? But- right just, you know, trying to figure that out to a certain extent, you know, you take that. And, and even tonight, like, um, you know, episode three, the guest didn't come as quickly, you know, so we were kind of, you know, you know, scrambling there at the last minute, but then it, you know, it came together, you know, uh, you know, Aaron Gordon's agent, you know, who somebody I've known for a long time came through for me with Aaron, Josh Norman hit me up just 15 minutes before, you know, the guy who's helping me book, you know, he was able to, you know, get me uh, two comedians. I didn't have to worry about that this time because I was, you know, doing stuff, you know, whatever, whatever. So in the end, it still came together. And even something like that, your guests coming together, small victory, you know, you just try to, okay, that works, you know, and then you got to try to figure out, okay, money, you know, healthcare, what you doing, Cobra, you know, you know, how you going to get this, you know, you got to get that. But the thing that I know about my career is that every time I put myself in a position where I've had to do it, Mm -hmm. Even though it's taken long, like when I went from Carolina to my first job, I never would have thought it would have took four years before I got you know from D.C. to Denver, but mm-hmm. it did. But you know, you put yourself in that position where you have to make it happen, and I'm on the phone all day. I was just telling somebody, I was it Josh. I was just telling or somebody. I was just like, man. I'm like, I feel like I'm on the phone the same amount like when I've been with ESPN. Although I'm not on the phone insidering, but I'm on the phone dealing with this project. But, right. Like all the time and the stuff that i've broken is not even like me putting my full elbow grease into it it's just <laughs> dudes that just call me you know what i'm saying and they let me know and, and i'm like i mean the other day when i broke uh, the damon harrison thing i mean um he hit me up and then i just seen it in my messages i was like oh boom there it is and i put it out and then everybody was seeing that you know going during the uh packers game last night so
0: yeah, you you still you still been doing your thing. I'll talk. I'll, we'll talk a little NFL with you before we come back to the show. What have you? Th- what has anything surprised you uh, thus far? This early in the NFL season, Joe. Uh, Besides this recent COVID stuff that we saw last week at the start of Week Four, uh, anything else surprised you with the I would NFL? Say the,
1: the quick, you know. Well, obviously the Texans letting go of DeAndre Hopkins. I don't understand that. That led to the Arizona Cardinals starting off two and zero and doing having a lot better start. Although they've stumbled the last couple weeks, losing to the Lions and losing. Uh, to the Panthers. Um, I would say also the amount of time that Cam Newton was out and the fact that, you know, he took, you know, less money. I don't think he should have been out that long. Um, what else, what else, what else? There was something in my head that just popped out. Um, Um, we talked about Cam Newton. So yeah, I mean, and, and I, you know, I expect the Browns, you know, to, to, to do better. So, um, you know, in that running game without Nick Chubb, I, you know, I know the coaching staff behind that. So I expect that. Um, what else?
0: Are, you, are we shocked with uh, the Texans firing Bill O'Brien or that kind of was that kind of had its time coming?
1: No, I think I mean, he, yeah, I think that's had its homecoming. <laughs> I mean, listen, uh, Bill O'Brien is a great guy. And um, it's just like when I talk about Carson Wentz and all the Philadelphia Eagles fans come after me and now they're starting to settle in you know, just like the John fans did when they were all after they they me. They came, they
0: came for you, I know that.
1: When they came <laughs> in and they settle in, you know what I'm saying, because eventually time is a mirror, and it shows you exactly the things I've been saying, and whether you learn it a day from now, or, you know, two years from now, it'll eventually come around. Yeah. So that's why they're not in my mentions anymore, but I'm glad that Carson, well, well, here's what I'm trying to say, I'm joking, I'm joking. But what I'm trying to say <laughs> is that, you know, it's never personal about the player, and I try to right. keep it about football you know what I'm saying if a if people are talking about things that they don't like within a team and they come to me I don't I don't do those um reports often but you know I'm trying to also give you an accurate picture about what's going on inside and so when things fall apart then it's it, it shouldn't be a shock because I was trying to show you what was coming based on the things that I was hearing and I use my discernment to try and determine if things I feel are at a you know certain pitch. That it is credible to then now report it, and and that's you know the 15 years or whatever 20 years experience coming through that to you know let you know. But you were asking about what team? Oh, the the Texans. So yes, yeah, the same thing. It's not it's not personal with you know Bill. Um, I think he's a great guy. I think he knows more a lot more football than anyone. You know, the three of us. Um, but you know, I think there's some questions to be asked. That, you know, in terms of how the team was managed and and to what degree. Did anything, you know, personal influence, you know, some of those, um, you know, decisions or the fact that maybe he had too much on his plate. Um, But look, we all have to take stock. I'm taking stock. I'm no better than him. I'm in the same, you know, you know what I'm saying? So it's not personal. I'm just, I'm just relaying the things that I see, just like we we do in this business.
0: Are you, is there any concern on your end with COVID and what we saw in the past week with the Titans, Cam Newton, is there any concern that, COVID can become more rampant and.
1: Absolutely. Of course, because, you know, uh, testing is not, uh, is not prevention. Love. Yeah. Testing is not prevention. So, you know, when it first happened, everyone was like, we need, test, we need a test, we need a test. Well, actually yes and no, <laughs> because uh, you know, if you're sick, you know, you go to the hospital and they can tell you if you have COVID or not or what have you. And regardless of whether you have it, you know, how much, what, what, how much is that really changing, you know, in terms of what they're giving you? Um, you know, you can have some of these treatment drugs, sure. Um, all I'm saying is is, it's not taking away whether you have it or not. (laughs) If you, if you have it and you're that severe, you need to go to the hospital, go to the hospital. The test didn't change that. And so what I'm trying to say is the reason why that's important is because the constant testing also can give you a false sense of security. You can test Negative for five straight days and still be carrying. Okay, so you know then people get a. What happens to the people that like, do one test and then they go about thinking oh and then they're not only going going to go tongue kiss you know LaQuisha and they think that they're good and they and they got COVID. You see what I'm saying? So the thing is,
0: why have to be why <laughs> have to, La-
1: to be LaQuisha? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, if you so got a podcast listener named can going to be so and mad. And filter
1: through these NFL teams because you can be walking around testing positive, I mean, testing negative, and you have it. And no matter how many tests you take, it has nothing to do with what you did with LaCreesha last
0: night. Shout out to LaCreesha. Are players concerned, though, Joe? When you talk to the players, are are they concerned about
1: this, you know, as the season goes on? I think the players that were concerned opted out. And the players that want to play and need to get this check, because, you know, players get their checks, you know, every, you know, game. That's, you know, you know, it's divided into 17 um, for the bye week and the 16 games. And so every time you play, you are going to get a check. So people need to, out here need to pay some of these bills, you know, because during the off season, the money is not the same. And so it depends on how you're managing your money. But I think the people that are out there want to play. And if they don't want to play, they have the option of not playing. no one's forcing them to play football you don't Mm -hmm. play and it bothers you that much, that's why they gave you these opt-out options before the season started. And, or even if something's changing now because you see these outbreaks, you know, you want to go to your team and say, you know, this, that, and the third, you have options to do that. Justina,
2: I've been trying to uh, get Dexter to hand in his Jet Fan card and he won't do it. Now, Mm -hmm. I was a Jet Fan until 2015 and I was like, all right, I'm good. Or 2016, whenever it was. Mm -hmm. Dexter has not yet followed suit He's still holding on, and I think inside it's killing him, and he's miserable, and he's shaking his head to Niagara now. But I, I just want to know, where do you stand on this? Do you think he should just give it up on on Sam Darnold, on the organization, Wait, and just me, I, I would live a say, happy life from here on out?
0: Let me say this real quick. Justina, how long you know me, you ever heard me talk to you about the Jets? <laughs>
1: um, Actually, I don't even – I don't worry. I guess I'm not paying attention. Do you talk about the Jets? No. <laughs> okay. That's okay. Is, there any,
0: is there anything for us to ever talk about with the Jets? No. <laughs> yep. There See? We go. They've beaten it out <laughs> of <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> this is <laughs> what I'm saying. It's it's like it's
2: like the Knicks with you. They just beating it out
1: of you. <laughs> Nothing, <but laughs> I, okay, I will say I don't like to try I don't like to cap people's capabilities. So, you know, stuff ain't working right now for Sam Darnold. does he have you know, certain excuses. Absolutely. I mean, he's had a lot of change, you know, so you can go that route. The unfortunate thing about the NFL is like what I said about Carson Wentz, It's not that I don't think he can do it. It's not that I don't think he has fight. It's just that that fight and that talent has to produce wins. That's the only thing. So it's not, you know, doesn't mean you can't do it four or years from now. doesn't mean you, you know, you don't have the talent to do it. It's just that people's jobs are dependent on certain things now and people need wins now. And that's just the nature of the beast. Um, with that being said, I do think that the Jets organization needs to take a very strong look at, you know, uh, leadership right now and, and and make a decision, particularly if it continues to go down this road. Um, I think one more game and I think, you know, they would be justified in taking a wholesale look at what, what it is that they're doing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at 0 and 5 you know, <laughs> and you're, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know. um, you Yeah. I mean, how many more losses are you going to take? How many losses would other people get? You know, I know people hate when I say that, but that's also that's just the reality. You know, people come to me every time I say that. But it's just like, you know, at some point, you know, how many losses is, is enough? What's what is the threshold for when you decide to make, you know, a change? And and is that threshold, you know, applicable um, across the board? Um, I know that as you stack seasons, things change. Um, and you also have to ask yourself, what direction would you go if that, you know, coach wasn't there? And I think that's a fair question, too. Um, and then that also creates more change for Sam Darn, which I think is another fair, you know, thing, too. Um, but, man, it, it's really rough over there right now. Um, yeah. I, also, I feel bad, you know, for the players, too, because it impacts their livelihoods as well.
2: Yeah, and and outside of Denver, it's also been the way that they've lost too because, I mean, it's been just like they've just been getting their ass whooped the first three games of the season. And I also think, and me and Dexter talk about this like jokingly and stuff, but we, we both uh, believe that the problem is not necessarily Sam Darnold so much as it's just the Jets, just everything organizationally, organizationally from the top on down. Um, I don't think we talk about that enough in sports, but that's another discussion for another day about how just the organization could affect all the players
1: on on where you go. But you yeah. know, at but the same time, you know, Sam is is the is the leader, and you have to, you know, you have to take some of that, you know, on his shoulders for sure. You know, you know, Baker Mayfield, just like Baker Mayfield does, just like Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, some of these guys who you know have you know made certain things work. So. You you have to find a way, and part of being a leader, even though um, you know you didn't choose the culture, you didn't choose certain things before you came there, but part of being a leader is you rise all boats around you, hmm. and that and that is that is part of the job description. So this is why you know you, you, the the money is the money.
0: That is uh, Joe
1: part of the job description.
0: Joe the Chiefs the Chiefs look like a well-oiled machine. They look like they're rolling uh, once again. Who who do you think could win the Super Bowl this year? Who do you have the Chiefs? I already
1: have my picks in. So for the AFC, mm-hmm. I had the Chiefs. For the NFC, I had the Saints at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to still stick with that. Um, you know, for right now, obviously, Russell Wilson has been playing. You know, out of his mind. We'll see if uh-huh. they add. Matter of fact, let me check my Twitter real quick. Make sure I don't have no breaking news in here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, when I heard the
0: phone going off, I was like, "Shoot, my well, business <laughs> might be
1: gone." I, 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 all these people are on my Twitter asking me about Damon Harrison because they're like, Joe, you the plug, you the plug, you know what you're <laughs> doing. But he ain't hit <laughs> me up, so my guess is is that, uh, you know, I don't know what the guess is. I know that it's <laughs> seven o'clock on the on the West Coast, and you know, if he wants me to know, he'll let me know if he or if he's going to Green Bay, but. I, I'm guessing that there are probably some people who might have told him, you know, to keep it to himself. Who knows? You know, that happens, whatever, whatever. But they know I'm here. They want me to have it. I'll have it if whatever, whatever. But you know, I wish him good luck with all of that. What were we talking about again?
0: Super Bowl. Super Bowl.
1: Super Bowl. Super Bowl. <laughs> no, it's okay. You do what you do. Hey, that's yeah, you yeah. so, Right. <laughs> yeah. So with Seattle, um, like I was oh, that's why I was bringing up Damon. If they get him, obviously, you know, that would help. Um, you know, their their chances. Um and who else has been playing really well in the NFC? I mean, not, you have the Bucs. You can't ever count Tom Brady out. But I still like the Saints. I mean, I think when Michael Thomas comes back, the way Alvin Kamara has been playing, if, if, if Alvin Kamara stays healthy and Michael Thomas comes back, that's only going to help all this talk that people have with Dean degrees and his arm and whether he's still getting it down to <laughs> all this other stuff. So, and I like that. But I really, really – you know what it does make me think with regards to the Saints? And with what happened with the Titans with this COVID, I'm like, ah, Jadavion and is should to gone to the States. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, uh. It could have really helped them. They yeah. Need, they needed. They needed. I mean, of you know, That's all the, right I mean, the Saints are all had 11 games on national television. You just had this thing with the COVID. I mean, and I mean, it could turn around, obviously. Listen, the, the Titans went all the way to the AFC championship game against the Chiefs. Vrabel proved himself, you know, with his coaching. Obviously, the inside knowledge going up against the Patriots was very helpful. He's got uh, J- uh, Jonathan Joseph on the team, a former teammate he used to play with with the Texans and all that. They've got a great defense, you know. But I just thought that, you know, there were other things that were beneficial for him, you know, too, with Clowney. But ultimately, and I don't know that people know this, but one of the reasons why he went to the Titans is because he felt like it was going to better showcase his impact. On the defense, as far as his mm. contractual landscape the next year, that was one of the big reasons why he chose the Titans.
0: Inter- inter- interesting in that. All right, Joe, I, on, on your show, I, I forget—I believe it was your first episode. Yeah, it was your first episode. So you, I, I found a side of you that I did not know existed. Oh, you correct. probably know where I, you probably know where I'm going on this because I was laughing when when you oh, showed, showed it to me. Uh, yeah, we talk a little hip hop on here, and I found out Joe has some bars. And I did not know Joe had some bars.
1: Do you want so, me to do my memorized? freestyle? No,
0: I do because nobody ever on this show has brought any bars to the show. So like, and <laughs> yeah, we've say, had rappers. We've <laughs>
1: had rappers on the show,
0: <laughs> but we haven't had Joe Cena Anderson rapping on the show. So, Joe, I'm letting you give people the undefined bar experience. <laughs> can, you, can you give us a few bars, please?
1: My name is Joe Cena, and I went to UNC. I lived in the upper quad and I resided in 413. All the freshmen sweat me because I lived in Manly while the rest was sweat and bullets. I just be chilling on my AC. So I be representing DC always doing my Maryland thing. It's my duty to keep it real. Don't want to talk that Southern slang. So I'll be learning all those folks from South Square to Franklin Street. I hear you and steaming with all their lines with all their jives and trick or treat. Can't you see I ain't naive because I be the one eight. However, I'm hip to all your shit and no, and no doubt to the people who perpetrate. My Morrison girl, Alana's also from the Civil Spring parts, from North to the Pitt to the state. It was struggle to make those campus walks. Don't you know, I came to Explore on that track, yes, indeed, and to feed my mind all the time and never to gain that dreaded fatigue. <laughs> That's the same one I've been saying since Carolina that I'll be trying to pull out and act like it's a freestyle. <laughs> I, I did better on George's show than I did on my other show with him. <laughs> hey, the hey, flow,
2: hey. the flow and everything. That was almost a sixteen. Oh, I, was, I was sixteen. Oh, <laughs> I was oh, counting oh, the bars. I was like, she gonna go all the way to sixteen. That was fourteen. Yeah,
1: but listen, but That's a listen verse. Say, that I, I did come up with that in the study hall when I was at Carolina I went to school with Dre Bly and all those kids. And we mm. used to be in the in the study hall and not well not the basketball dudes the football dudes and the track guys they, they, anyone listening to would be like no the basketball guys get but whatever so we weren't doing homework we'd be on top of the tables and we'd kick a freestyle and you know there are many times I win my cipher and that that was that was one, that was one of the ones from back in the day you know uh, okay.
0: I, I I like I like it I like it so I was like yo we got we got to have Joe do it Joe is there any. Cause you know we're, we're closer in age, but is there is there anything like in hip hop that's grabbing your ear right now that you like that you like to listen to? What do you like listening to? Listen to uh oh, you give me, the, you, give <laughs> me the, you give me the raised eye, bro. I'm not
1: really into the mumble music. The mumble music, but I can't even understand what they're talking about. I mean, there's some you know, there's some beats that I like. You know, what what is that? Mo uh... no Bamba. Like, you know, you know, yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like you know, we could put a, the lyrics together, you know. But I, I ride for the beat more so than I'm riding for, you know, the the lyrical genius of what I'm hearing. You know, I don't think that's equating to, you know, Nas and Ether and Notorious B.I.G. and I was just talking with this with A.G. today, you know, and and Warren Hill, you know, and some of the things that you were hearing in terms of the depth and the perspective of the lyrics, and you know, my dude on um. Um, was uh, uh, uh the dude that what's um uh, why am I um forgetting it now? The prophet died.
0: Prophet. Oh,
1: Nip-, Nip Nipsey Nipsey Hustle? No, Prophet. Um, prophet. A lot. Of, then, uh. Oh man, now you gonna? uh <laughs> <laughs> I I you me. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Um, I'm illness. We be the realest. The, oh, oh my god! Oh, what thank you. That's prodigy. What I'm oh, oh, you okay. I was like, oh, prodigy. thank you. Okay. I don't I'm like, okay. I'm, like
0: oh, I'm always. I thought,
1: painful.
2: I thought a fife dog. <laughs> I was like, wait. you I was like,
1: We'd be a realest. The ultimate. Yeah. I'm like. <laughs> I <was> like okay. <laughs> Just-
2: Well, Jocina, Jocina, we have you listened to Nas's last album that just came out, uh, like two months ago? I haven't
1: haven't even had time. I don't. Oh, we reviewed
2: it. It, It's, we, we, we love it up
1: here. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and, and you're not, I mean, I, I would say you are, obviously he's going, he's a poet. And, and that's what I'm talking about is music from my era. Like, Cats was actually saying something. This right now was about the beat and, you know, and it being like just mostly about the beat. I mean. (laughs) And, and what are they called? I mean, we were just having a conversation about this today. So when y'all check out episode three that we dropped on Undefined, mm. and I'm, I'm going to give y'all a, a sneak you know, preview. Aaron Gordon is actually a poet. He's a poet, not just a rapper. And he has these mm. poems in which he's written some very deep things that he actually shared on the podcast. I thought that was dope. Um, he has never said it you know, publicly and never released some of these thoughts. I thought that was great. And we talked about, you know, the things that he wants to influence in his music, you know, you know, coming up and things like that. Obviously, he just dropped, you know, level ups and all those other things. So, um, yeah, a be- very, very, you know, very deep conversation. So uh, I would say deep, but very dope conversation. In and in uh, I'm looking forward to dropping that for y'all. All
0: right. So that should be good. All right, Joe, tell the people where they can check out um, Undefined with Joseph Anderson.
1: Right, with Josina with an S, not the way my grandmama spells it with the C. <laughs> <Joe> <laughs> with with Josina with an S, Anderson.com. You can go on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and download the podcast. Support and uh, hopefully, you know, we'll we'll continue to you know grow from there. Yeah, um,
0: well, you. Well can I yeah. get out
1: my Cash App? No, I'm
0: just joking. <laughs> hey, you got to get paid. I ain't like, mad at that. these ramen noodles, y'all. I ain't mad at
1: that. You got you to get paid,
0: sister. I ain't mad at that.
1: You know, hey, look, and real quick before y'all go, that's yeah. like my running joke when I w- go in these locker rooms at Christmas time. I always be like, I always be giving around my cash app, but don't nobody be paying attention to me. That's a joke <laughs> out there. That's a joke. The
2: clarification is important in these important. times. In, in these the, times. The, yeah. In, the, in, the, in the
1: joke. Yeah. Yeah, especially
2: in the era of OnlyFans, Jesus. Right. Yeah. I, uh,
1: that's for y'all's men's. You know that that's a whole other. Oh,
2: oh, oh no, oh no. There's men on OnlyFans giving it up for the women also.
1: Oh, I hear you. you know what I mean? But you know, I don't even want to talk about that. Oh my God. I don't even want to think about, you know what is out there for you all to be doing and. It's- bootleg uh, instagram accounts that people don't need to be having fake bootleg accounts who have uh, uh, certain you know jewelry on their left hand so you know that's a whole other conversation. Ooh, we'll
0: other conversation
1: i'm just saying i know you know and i always get on some of my you know friends who i know do this I always i try to promote you know monogamy and you know being with your person and i haven't five instagram accounts you hide and next thing you know you putting stuff out from the wrong thing and then you out there you see i'm just like you know all over the place right now switching
0: that happened
2: that happened <laughs> that happened when pop smoke got killed like the next day seven women posted photos of oh my baby whatever whatever and we we're just kind of, like a lot of people were surprised i was like Pshh. I mean,
1: nope. <laughs> this is what goes on. That's what and so, as a matter of fact, I believe that the tongue has life. I don't even want to bring that into the atmosphere. So all of y'all doing all that, don't bring that around me, y'all. Be that energy you, away. You, you want Hey, look, I should go burn some sage at the end of your podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna burn that out of here. You don't want that. we promoting love and monogamy and sticking with who you're supposed to be with.
0: Joe jo, 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 jo preaching on here. Joe, I want to let you know, I've told you this many times, I am proud of what you were doing. Uh, mm. It is important for people that look like us uh, mm. and seeing that and creating and supporting our own. So we appreciate you coming again on the podcast and we wish you much success with Undefined with Jocena Anderson. I mean, sure. I know I'm going to see it because you're going to hit me up. Uh, yeah. You know,
1: I, am. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that.
0: I know, we'll, I know we'll be talking a lot, but there's a lot. So please, everybody, check out Undefined with Jocena Anderson. Check it on her website. She also doing some live shows on Twitter on Sundays, right? The game days. Yeah, doing we just some live started shows. the
1: pregame trying to, you know, preview the shows. We did that with Chad Johnson last week. We're also doing mm. postgame coverage where I wait to get, a, you know, an athlete or two in the locker room We're at their crib right after the game. We just did that with Robbie Anderson. You know, we want to expand that a little bit. So um, just one thing at a time. I mean, the main thing is to master where you're at, get everything, and then just keep going, you know, so you don't get a headache and, you're managing your, you know, your wellness and all that other stuff. So, one step at a time, it'll come. God's path, God's speed. Absolutely,
0: You're gonna keep building. Love Robert, you. check that out. Undefined uh, with Joe Cena Anderson, uh, episode three will be coming this week after you hear this podcast. Joe, love you. Thank you. Appreciate you, sister.
1: Appreciate you. Wrap up your show and then hit me on the share screen so we can fix this color.
0: I will. I got, I got. got. You know i got to help you in some way. I know, to.
1: I know. So finish what you're doing. Just text me. All
0: right, y'all. All right, love you soon. Later, love you too. All
1: right, Peace. bye. One time, mind, one, time. one time for your mind, one time. One time for your mind, one
0: time. One time for your mind this week, uh, I got something in hip hop. Brian or something in the world of video games, you know, what would be an episode if we didn't talk about video games in some kind of way. Uh, Brian, what you got this week for one time for your mind?
2: I gotta figure out how to put that on my resume, uh, at some point because it doesn't look like I'm a video game head, but like people people gotta understand what it is Wait,
0: How does it not look like you're a video game head? You literally have a video game microphone on every podcast. <laughs>
2: because no, I'm saying on the resume though. There's not oh, a lot of work on, on that your I can resume. Say. Aside what? from, like, you know... Tell, so people I just kinda,
0: w- tell them just watch any Hard to Sell podcast. They'll know you play video games. Well,
2: that's what... You know, that's what... I, I used to hate the cover letter. Now I've grown to appreciate it because that's where you can sort of get into that stuff if people actually fucking read it. Anyway... Fair point. Um, not
0: sure if they actually read it, but that's a good point.
2: Right. Anyway, so NBA 2K21, they dropped the, the photos for, like, how it looks on the next-gen system. Obviously, it looks amazing. It's kind of like what my brother said uh, when we were talking about last year. I asked him, like, yo... These video game graphics are getting so good. Like, what the hell is it going to be on the next gen? And he's like, it's going to be actual people. And that's kind of what it looks like. Uh, you know, Clay Thompson, you know, the whole sweat, whatever. And at some point, and I've come to realize this, especially as I've gotten a little bit older, it's like I, I don't care about graphics that much. I really don't. Like, I want it to look presentable. I want it to look realistic to a point. But if it's going to take away from the actual gameplay from the story mode which I care about for single player purposes and you know as somebody who's uh, a creative writer it's like you know I'm always looking to see what direction they take the story how much they do with it apparently it was a lot less this year what I've noticed and this year I have not gotten 2K I don't plan on getting it this year and this is the first time I'm going to skip out on it since I've been getting 2K every year since 2008 2K8 Chris Paul on the cover um this is this is like I don't know I don't I don't even know how to describe it it's kind of like all right here's this but then it's like yo where's all of this it's kind of like it's kind of, I don't want to make this well, example. Well, what, what do you kind think? kind of that? like what's going on in America right now where people are like, oh, look, we're hiring this person of color to do this and this person of color to do this, but it's like, we still want, you know, reform and reparations and et cetera, et cetera. It's like, yo, fix the rest of your game. And this 2K, I should mention, this 2K21, the lowest rated 2K, I think, in history of all the 2Ks. So it's 21 year history. IGN gave it a six. Lowest rating that it's had. Wow, I give it a six? Six out of 10. The lowest rating it's had According to IGN, uh, IGN, the lowest rating that they've given to 2K since, I think, 2K10, which was a 6.5. And IGN is a place that I trust in, term, in I terms do too. of GameSpot, another place that I trust in terms of reviews. They do a good job typically, 6 out of 10. Metacritic for 2K, 69 out of 100 on average. And 2K is a game that's almost always 80, 90, sometimes higher than that. So that's kind of disappointing, and it's, and it's clear to me that their focus this year was on the next-gen. So maybe the next-gen version of 2K will be better. But for me, I'm not getting a next-gen system until next year because another problem I have with 2K, yo, you're still dropping in September for a game that's supposed to be taking place next season, but next season doesn't actually begin until we actually don't know that. So January, so, February, so,
0: so, so, let me stop you there. That's yeah. the problem for me, and that's the reason why I have not rushed to purchase it yet. The last couple of years with 2K... I generally make a purchase around Black Friday and catch it on a sale or something. That's generally what I've done. That's generally what I've done the last couple of years. This year, I think, with the fact that we don't know when the season's going to be, we don't even have the NBA draft class imported into it. How are you selling me on a new game? And I I I was trying to, while you were talking, Brian, um, to understand why... IGN, who I respect a ton, and listen to some stuff and put podcasts uh, from the people at IGN, yep. and a lot of their reviews on video games. I respect them a ton. I think they get a lot of things right. Um, but I'll, let me read real quick so people have a, uh, some frame of mind. Of why they came with a six. Because this is the same thing we talked about with places like Pitchfork and other places with reviews. And we're like, well, what's the thing? One of the things IGN does, I think, that's very good about their reviews, whether it's video or written, is they'll give you a verdict. They'll break down why they came to the number they came to, which I respect. So this is it. When it's clicking NBA 2K21 has some of the best gameplay in sports video game history? I think Brian and I would agree. But that's been true for several years now. And though this year's iteration improves on a handful of things, most notably the aim shooting mechanic, there hasn't been much movement. At the same time, it's a shame the 2K's focus isn't on the fun you can have on the court but instead the money that can be extracted from your wallet off the court in the My Career and Team modes. Fair point. Which just aren't fun to grind through without paying. Maybe the new set of consoles on the horizon will bring a fresh start for the NBA 2K franchise, but right now I feel more pessimistic about the series future than ever. To be fair, this is a review of the current Gen 2K21, 2K not the next Gen 2K21, 2K which I don't think has been made available for gameplay for video game reviewers, obviously because the consoles aren't out and those haven't been also out for for review um i'm gonna say this to your response right because i think you make good points i like graphics as much as anybody i think yeah. graphics are dope you know when you see how they can be pushed at the beginning of a generation of gaming you then are even more intrigued to see as the generation goes on how games push it even further and further and what they can do on those systems but um, i'm with you for most games outside of for sports games this is my thing When it comes to sports games, it's about the gameplay. I need the gameplay experience to be good. The mechanics have to be good. It needs to feel realistic. I don't care as much about the story. I'm not a big my-career, my-team person to some degree. Brian did get me to play the my-career in last year's 2K, and I actually did enjoy it. I thought it was solid and it was interesting. And credit to Brian, because I wouldn't have played it. I, Brian was like, no, just try it, try it. So I actually did.
2: Yeah, it was interesting. It was yeah.
0: interesting. I thought it, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was some production value. It was pretty well done,
2: right? And in, the, and in that same IGN review, they note that this one, this story mode, very lackluster. They didn't very like it at
0: all. I saw that yeah. at the top. They said that it, it, it really failed. For me, it but what's what's what concerns me is if IGN and other people are saying that the gameplay isn't really that great, they've changed this aim shooting mechanic, which has gotten rave reviews. But if everything else isn't that great, then it's kind of like, oh, what is it? The only thing I will say this to defend 2K Sports. I do think you come to a point with doing sports gaming, Madden's had the same issue. And it it's kind of the same with like cell phones. There's only so much you can improve after a long stretch of time and I think you do come to a stagnant stretch where you're kind of looking like, when is that next thing? I don't know what that is for sports gaming and sports simulation games. I don't know. I think a lot of them, 2K and Madden, are both kind of in this stuck period. Cause you I have know a
2: couple of suggestions.
0: All right, let me hear Because see, there we go. This is one thing we like to do in this podcast and I like to if you're gonna have a critique, you'll come with some solutions. What do you have I'm, what do you have for solutions, Brian?
2: So a lot of people care mostly about their my player and they're my team. So 2K, I feel like, has just really focused on that. What I think they should do is because there are a couple things that they're ignoring. They're ignoring GM mode, which I feel like can be an enormous asset because everyone thinks they can be a GM. So try to put more. <laughs> Except I found out how
0: hard that was.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. Me too. I, yeah. I, quit, I quit my job with the Sonics. Um, like, and and I just haven't picked it up since. I uh, literally quit. Brian
0: I always, and I, Brian, for, for the for the listeners, Brian and I were having some funny conversations about GMOs and our our failures. We'll say it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard.
2: <laughs> but but here's the thing: everyone thinks they can do it, and. You know, we did it on a hard level. You can do it on an easier level. But they should put more resources into that. Like, it's interesting to – like, look at what we do on Twitter all day. We p- People play with the trade machine. There are reporters who play with the trade machine and then report stuff that they do off of there as actual news. And people believe it. You know what I mean? Like, there's people who make up stuff because of the trade machine. And because of that, like, we should be able to do certain things with GM mode uh, in that way. And then with my league is another thing, like it's kind of been the same the last few years. And it's like, these are the modes that I actually care about. Why aren't they putting more uh, sort of resources into that? I think that one thing that NBA Live did real well, which is a kind of niche thing, but they did it better than 2K, was that in your story mode, and this doesn't have to be part of the story mode. This could be part of like something totally different. But I remember back when 2K, like in the early 2K, you 10, 11 days or whatever, Mm -hmm. you, you were able to play games on the blacktop but like you know it was it was kind of different it felt like you could do more now they don't really focus on, on that and i feel like you can do some stuff there you know what i mean maybe you put celebrities back in the game who doesn't want to be in 2k you, you get me some of the people they already have in 2k it's like are they really celebrities you can put people in there try to like do some stuff in the street in the playground try to get the rights to put dike men in different parks in the game and try to do some stuff with that and you can make some money uh you know p- having people play in tournaments because people want to play video games for money at the end of the day but my main thing is like yo gm mode and the story mode actually like put more into the story because one of the critiques that i was reading was that this year and this is my complaint last year once you get past you know the process of college or whatever pre-draft and then you get drafted the 2k story kind of tails off one of the best Mm -hmm. ones that kept it going was the spike lee one from 2k16 you know that whole thing with your friend vic and all that stuff fof you know if you played the game you already know 2k17 was another good one with michael b jordan there are cutscenes at least throughout your rookie season for me it gets a lot less engaging after that first season uh no but after that draft process because mm-hmm. during the first season it's like oh i'm just playing games monotony and it's just like I'm just playing games in a monotonous way and then it's just practice and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, you kinda get bored because you don't wanna have to grind through an eighty two game schedule.
0: I wonder for I wonder for companies like two K and Madden and all this stuff. It's like I, I don't know because I feel like I'm not uh I'm not I'm of the age now where I'm not necessarily going to cop Madden or two K as much as I still like those games on the first day. So I'm not really in that demographic anymore, but I just wonder what the popularity level is of the story mode and how much they put into it you know the story mode i would think takes a lot of budget it's a lot of video capture it's voice acting it's a lot of stuff that's there not that it's
2: that, good last year yeah not
0: good. not that there isn't obviously motion capture for the actual gameplay um uh, you know like i said when i turn on 2k i i want to just i want to get into a season or gm mode i do agree with brian's point of gm mode i thought there are things that are good there in 2k but i think there's a lot they could put more into it and i found it I will say this. I think the GMO is fascinating. And if yeah. they put more into it, and it was challenging, which I liked. Like, I liked the challenge. Like, it kicked my ass, and I yeah. failed trying to rebuild the Knicks. But, I mean, a lot of other people have too. But That's the thing. Most, uh, people, most yeah. people fail at being a GM. Right. <laughs> and and it, it's not easy. And there's something fascinating about that. I would like to see more into that. But I also understand that takes more. But I think it's fair to, to say, hey, if you want to push this game to the next level if you wanted to get to another place that it hasn't been before, maybe we are at that point. Maybe we're at the point where it's not just about the gameplay and people playing the season, or it's making sure your online play is tight or getting the stuff. Cause a lot of, I know that for sure. A lot of people like the online play in the my league and there's a huge competitive world out there. And that I think that's not going anywhere. So maybe that's the place you put uh, your resources into a 37 year old person like me. There's got like a kid. I ain't got time to be playing online with you thirteen year olds. I don't really have time for that anymore. But I understand why people are gonna find it. But if I was in the ages of between thirteen and maybe thirty, or um, well, if this was even me post college, yeah, I probably was spending a lot of time on that. So I, I get online
2: it. Online last year,
0: right? So I, I think I think they definitely need Boston to look Ash, into yeah. that. I wonder. I guess this I'll toss this back to you, Brian, before we move on to my thing. Do you yeah. think that these low reviews, a six is low for a 2K? This is Man. not what this is not what we expect. Now, for other gaming companies and other franchises, you might be like, okay, I'll take the six from IGN. 2K Studios, you know, take two doesn't want to see the six. Does this motivate them? To get better, or did they put more of their energy into better stuff for the next gen for PS5 and what whatever name Xbox has? They got they confused me Siri with their name X, Series X one like or whatever. Like a team. Yeah, yeah, it does sound like a soccer team. They did too much <laughs> with the names, whatever. But yeah, I wonder if this going to fuel them to be better. Sometimes a low score like this can wake you up.
2: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not down on it. I, I like. I'm not as pessimistic as the journalist was on IGN about the future of 2K because I just think that they quote-unquote took a year off because what they're going to do is pump resources into this next gen, which is going to drop in, obviously, November. Uh, and, you know, that's probably going to be uh, at least very good game. I'm sure there's going to be, you know, some tweaks that they're going to have to make there. But a lot of people are going to be raving about the graphics, and just to bring this thing sh- sort of full circle, it's like, for me, I need more than that. I need more than just the people look like people because there's a game that I'm playing right now that I find really engaging. I have not finished the story mode Uh, Mafia 3, Mafia 3, I had a character, Lincoln Clay, uh, who's a brother, who's actually played by a dude named Alex Hernandez, who I think is Afro-Latino, so shout out to him. Uh, Lincoln Clay is the protagonist that you play as in Mafia 3, and in Mafia 3, the story mode is excellent. It's like a documentary, like, you know, there's interviews and stuff, the graphics are great. The gameplay, though, eh, not really that great. You know, so, there, like, to, for me, graphics could only take me, but so far, they have the graphics. Story mode seems good so far. I haven't finished this, so I don't want to go too crazy with that. But the gameplay, the gameplay has been, like, lackluster enough to make me put the game down and not play it that oh, often that as I thought I
0: would That will so, always do it for me. Lackluster gameplay. And
2: and and, and the Mafia 3 uh, Metacritic rating is somewhere in the 60s, which you know it's okay, not bad, but to me, if I like early on, I would say it's a yeah, it's like a seven out of ten because the gameplay is not great.
0: Yeah, Just, I mean, you want great graphics, like uh, of course, I'm sure you know my game of the year, Last of Us Two, which was absolutely fantastic graphically and in terms of gameplay and in terms of story. All they hit in all three phases. I
2: can't wait to play that, game. but, but I can't. Of, I actually I gotta can't. Do Last of Us One first.
0: I actually am intrigued to play. When they remaster it for PS5, which you know will be coming out sometime in the spring uh, or or later, whatever, summer. But when they remaster it for PS5, I can't wait to play it for, to your point, for the reasons that you mentioned before. Yeah, it'll have even improved graphics that I, we saw at the end of PS4. But because it, the story's so good um, and the gameplay is even improved on the first game, I would definitely be willing to play it. But hopefully, 2K, 6s. Mm. Not yeah. now we expect from that studio. Hopefully, wake up. All right. I uh, I got something in the in the world of hip hop that came to my attention that I didn't even know was going on. I did not know that this was the thing. I did not know that there were rumors going around that K. Kendrick Lamar could be leaving TDE. Um to which I think it's fair to question why he would. I mean, all oh, fine. Now look, we we here on this podcast, we always say sometimes you got to go out and do your own thing. We're not saying that K. shouldn't <laughs> do that. So I understand that. I just found it interesting where these rumors came from and why they would have came about. Um, People were saying because K-Dot started that, uh, what what is this, his own sort of label thing. I forget, oh, P.G. Lang. Um, Which I
2: believe uh Nas was at uh, an event for that Kendrick Lamar did because there was a picture that surfaced of the two of them together sometime earlier this Mm -hmm.
0: year. I know what you're thinking.
2: Give us a song.
0: (laughs) Give us a song.
2: Those dudes have to make music together not a song i don't want to hear a song i want to hear multiple what? songs you will sign for a song
0: you will sign up for a song
2: no but i want a home and home you okay. do one on kendrick's album you do one on Nas's album you i know? hope that so.
0: look i two of my favorite like, ever i hope there, so
2: we'll get into this in a future episode i have a list of dudes where i'm like nas how have you not collaborated with first
0: you know that's fair we got to do a dream collaboration that's for another day um but Kendrick, uh, you know, apparently there have been these, these rumors and like uh, Terrence Punch Henderson and a couple of cryptic tweets about this that people didn't know. So Kendrick put out a little video on IG where he was uh, he was like acting as a stuffed animal and he says, Top, you got to stop them from spotting my name. They've been spotting my name all year, man. You ain't said nothing. Enough is enough. Man, they must, not, they must not know about that pickle juice that's under your red cap. Man, about that sweat that's holding that red cap together. The reason why it don't fall off your head, that lubricant. You need to tell them the reason why that cap don't fall off your head. So why would I fall off? I'm watching cartoons, man. Look, man, Ryan and I have been saying this all year, okay? <laughs> Kendrick, you give but us... I love that he's watching cartoons, <laughs> too. A Cartoons and cereal, man. Cartoons and cereal. Cartoons and cereal. It's fine. I was watching DuckTales yesterday with my daughter. That's fine. Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Uh I like that he's letting people know who people thinking he fell off. Because what are you talking about? Ked K, K- Dot hasn't fallen off. We are we are we have been saying, Brian's been saying specifically on this podcast, yo, we know Kendrick is coming with something. We know he's gonna come with that. He and it's just about being ready. Ked K, K- Dot's coming, J. Cole's coming, we know it's coming. Uh, him falling off and people starting these rumors. So I'm glad he addressed that, put it to beef. K dot's not doing anything. He's still with TDE. Album's coming whenever he feels like it, and uh, that 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 that'll be that. That's all I say. All I, my my whole point to bring this up for one time for your mind is just seeing K dot talk about it. And we know K dot doesn't do a lot of social media. Just makes me be like, well, maybe something's coming soon. I hope that's what I think. something's coming that's soon.
2: What, I feel like when because J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, like these are people who. They can. They take advantage of the fact that they can kind of go away and then come back. Jay Z does this. Nas even does this too. Nas did it. Like we barely heard from him. I mean, really, all we heard from him in the last like few months before it was album release time was the times that he would speak out on, you know, what everybody's speaking out. Not everybody, actually, but you know, what a lot of people are speaking out about and just the injustices in general. He'll post something on Instagram or whatever the case may be. Yeah. But now. You know, he came out. It was album release time. He did what he had to do, fall back a little bit, and he'll come back whenever it's time to come back. With that so album kinda, with Primo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hope so. And then with Kendrick Lamar, I feel like I, I'm not saying this is sort of the album teaser, though I hope so. But I do think that even still, because I've been saying this and I'm just going to stick with it until the year's over, I still think we're going to get him fourth quarter i feel like we're definitely getting j cole i don't know that but again these are guys i remember when damn was announced uh it was like literally oh next week here it comes
0: i hope it's like that year.
2: yeah these artists like once you get to certain point like nas for example he announced his and the the date that he announced was oh that's that's next friday oh okay cool so it's right around the corner if jay-z's gonna drop an album you're going to know and it's going to come out in a few days like j cole kendrick lamar like once you get to that stratosphere it sort of is what it is you know what i mean like they can yeah. surprise album guys so yeah. i'm looking forward to whatever i'm looking forward to whatever he has to say because he hasn't had a real solo project since damn and while i do like damn to me it ain't in the class of some of his other projects to Pimp butterfly good kid Mass city and section 80 respectfully because i do like damn and there's some like feel is a top five kendrick song but still but I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to whatever it is he has to say, because given everything that we've seen as a country and given everything that he's probably gone through personally since, he, he he's probably got a lot to say. So I'm looking forward to
0: it. Yeah, definitely looking forward to that. All right. That's it for this uh, one time for your mind. Also, that's it for this episode of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Uh, thanks to our guest, Joe Cena Anderson, uh, for joining us. Please continue to support us in whatever way you can. Patreon, share us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the ways. Support us whether you watch or you listen. We appreciate your support. For this episode of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast, he's Brian Fonseca. Hoping that 2K gets better in the coming years. And I'm Dexter Henry, hoping for Kendrick Album soon. Until next time, y'all. Peace.